Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode nine. But before we dig in today, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to We Are Free and sharing about it on Instagram and sending me ratings and reviews over on iTunes. It means so much to me, and I'm so encouraged that you listeners are getting something out of this. That's the whole goal of We Are Free in the first place is that it will change your life in a positive way and that you're gonna be encouraged to live a little bit lighter and freer and let go of those things holding you back. So if you are listening and you love the content, the guests, the conversations, I would absolutely love it so much and I just appreciate it if you send me ratings and reviews over on iTunes. Um, some things people are already saying, uh, I have so enjoyed listening to the We Are Free podcast. I feel like I'm having a conversation with a best friend as Becky is so relatable and often asks the questions I'm already thinking. Uh, I love that so much. That's my goal here is that this is an intimate conversation that you get to listen to also. Uh, Becky is the wise, genuine, compassionate friend you want in your ear. I know you have a gazillion podcasts to choose from, but if you're a Jesus-loving woman seeking freedom in everyday things, We Are Free is where you want to be. Thank you so much, you guys, just for your love and support. And again, uh, head over to iTunes if you like what you're hearing and send a review. I'd love to hear what you have to say. All right, let's get back to episode nine. My guest today is Megan Taylor. Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Marquecho, and you're listening to episode nine. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. Today, my guest is Megan Taylor, and Megan is on a mission to spread happiness through her handwriting. She is a wife to her middle school sweetheart, Chris, mama to their son, Vance, and owner of All She Wrote Notes, a calligraphy and hand lettering studio based in North Carolina. Megan has taught nearly 7,000 students to reignite their creativity with her traveling lettering workshops and her online classes. She is also the author of Happy Hand Lettering that was released just in August of 2019, and she has a second book in the works. An award-winning artist and calligrapher, Megan has partnered to letter items and host events with national retailers such as West Elm, Neiman Marcus, and Anthropology. And I am so excited for you to meet Megan today. She's obviously accomplished in doing fun, creative, and beautiful things, but her joyful heart is just the best part of her. And I think just a little bit of extra sunshine and joy is going to rub off on you today just by listening to Megan. <laughs> Megan, welcome to We Are Free. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm already smiling so big, so this is going to be good. <laughs> I think you smile all the time. I've never seen you not smile. I don't think. I do. <laughs> I love I think it. It's just built in. I can't help it. Oh, you don't. You shouldn't help it. It's contagious, and I think um, it's just a beautiful thing. Like people get that vibe from you wherever you go. Um, you. Megan was just on a book tour uh, for your first book. I just, how did that go? It was amazing. I loved it. We were gone for almost two months, off and on. I brought all kinds of travel partners: my dad, my mom, my husband, like all at different times. And it was just such a good time to be able to get out and meet people in person that have followed me for so long and just hug their necks and thank them. <laughs> and I got to write their name and sign their book. And it's just—I mean, it was a dream that I did not even know that I had, and it was incredible. Like I already miss it. Like I'm very happy to be home, and you know, my my husband and my son are happy that I'm home, but I already miss it. It was just such an adventure and so much fun. Yeah. And you said you're a seven, so that makes extra sense. Yes. <laughs> That's so cool. And it's so obvious if you 
check out Megan's Instagram uh, after this. You'll you'll just see like she's always smiling. It's everything is bright and colorful and happy and joyful. Um, and that's just such an obvious thing when you meet Megan. Um, and you often say that confetti is just trash that chose a happier life. And I remember the first time I heard you say that and I was like, that's really cool and very positive. Like that's a great spin on it. Um, and you'll see in her Instagram feed, it just looks like confetti. Um, but I know that that wasn't the beginning of your story. And I almost think, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like that shine. There's so much more confetti and color and joy because of the past and the hard stuff and where you came from. Can you take us back, Megan, just to the beginning of all that before the hand lettering workshops, before the book tour, before just that huge smile on your face? Bring us back to the beginning a little bit. Absolutely. I always grew up um, rainbow bright, cheerful, skipping around, like <laughs> all the bright colors, all the positivity when I was a kid. Um, but going through high school was certainly challenging for me. Even in college, like I was was bullied by girls that I thought were my friends and really just got me so down. And a lot of the things that they picked on me for were a lot of the things that make me who I am, mm -hmm. like a smile and like a good attitude. And they would almost like say that I was fake because I was so happy. But like I genuinely was really really happy. And it wasn't until then that I started really feeling sad and feeling those sad moments and starting to let what other people said about me define how I felt about myself. Mm -hmm. And that led to college and unfortunately into a really abusive relationship, um, right, right at the end of college. And then after college, I eloped and married that guy, um, knew that that was a bad idea at the time and did it anyway, and really just found myself in a downward spiral of being around people that were negative and being around people that didn't speak truth over me, that didn't speak life over me. And I found myself believing their lies and believing what they said that I was and almost losing sight of who God said that I was. And it took me a long time, a lot of pain, a lot of heartache to get through that season. Um, God, certainly helped me. Like he certainly answered prayers, not in the ways that I thought that he would. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to be a failure at marriage. I didn't want all of that to fall apart, but I knew from the very beginning that was not God's plan. That was me pretty much winging it. <laughs> saying, yeah. I got this. You can sit this one out. Yeah. And um, he just saved me. He saved my life and he saved me from that situation. I was able to to move back home to North Carolina after less than a year of, of going through the worst of it. Um, but it, it was really bad. And for somebody who looks for the good in every situation and who's always dying to find the silver lining, like there certainly was a time that there was, was really not very much good at all. And I think now it's amazing to see it's been 10 years since I left that. And since I was able to put that situation in the past and it's amazing and incredible to see what God has done with my life now that I've turned it back over to him mm -hmm. and what he has just been able to use my pain and my past and my mistakes and my failures to give me fuel to just go forward and to try to be a light because there was such a time in my life that I needed that light. Like I would so desperately cling to handwritten notes that my mom would send me when I lived in California. I would so desperately cling to powerful scripture, to encouraging words, to quotes that were motivational. And, and I, it's amazing how God has used that now that that's what I'm able to put out into the world for other people. And if my story can help one person, like that, I mean, I don't want to go back and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. We did it once. We're good. Right. But if my story can help one person, it makes it worth it. And if I can just have, you know, anyone else that 
happens in a season that they're not proud of or that they've mis- made mistakes in their past that they might be ashamed of, that if you can just realize that you do not have to be defined by that, that in in my lettering journey, like as, in my career as an artist, I make mistakes all the time. Like I'm constantly spelling stuff wrong. I'm writing ugly letters like all, every day. And very early on, I started running all of my scrap paper through my office shredder and out came the most beautiful confetti that you have ever seen. And once it was confetti, you couldn't see the mistakes anymore. Like you couldn't see the flaws. You couldn't see the issues that caused it to be cast aside in the first place. It was just colorful and it was beautiful and it was bright and it was fun. And, and that's where that metaphor comes into play. God has really used confetti to teach me about life as much as anything. And just that he can make all things beautiful yeah. in his time. And he can turn your mess into your message. He can turn your, people say your trials into your testimony. And I'm living proof of that every single day. Yeah. That's, I love your story. And what I really want to talk about today, because I don't think it's like, Oh, what made you make the decision? Even though you knew it was a wrong decision. Like we've all, we've all been there. I feel like, but what I would love to chat more about is just like, how you either forgave yourself or how did you get through those mistakes? Again, like I probably talk about this too much, but I'm an Enneagram one. So like I'm, if I do something wrong, I feel like guilt and shame and like embarrassed that I made a mistake. So how did you, how during that season of like, okay, I screwed up or I made the wrong choice or whatever those things you were feeling, like how did you get through that and to move into where you're at now? That's a great question. Um, My biggest concern coming home from all of that was just my family. Like I didn't want to embarrass my family. Nobody in my immediate family had ever been divorced. Nobody, like I just, I didn't grow up with that. I grew up in the church. I knew that that was wrong. Like I knew that that isn't, you know, the, the plan, but I also knew that God didn't want me to stay in a relationship where my life was in danger. And I knew that he didn't want me to live sad and to live small. And I knew that God didn't believe the things that I was being told day in and day out. And mm-hmm. I prayed and prayed for, for a way out, for a solution, like for an answer to the problem. And it didn't come in the way that I thought it was going to I actually came home one day and had found out that I had a skin cancer scare, like something that they needed to have checked out, that they needed to investigate more, that they eventually ended up having to remove. And I came home and, you know, told this guy that this was going on and, and he was the one that chose the out. And he said, I don't love you enough this. Like, I don't want to go through chemo with you. I don't want to go through radiation with you. Like you need to go back home and be with people that love you and that can support you. So somehow and cancer that, was your silver lining. <laughs> isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like talk, talk about the worst day of your life. Like, and, and it's just like, you got cancer and divorce in the same day. <laughs> like, Girl, that's a lot. That and so it's just, it's, you know, and I came home and I was fine. They took the mole off. Like we roll on, like we're, we're good. But like, that is what God used. And, and I think sometimes we're looking for our our answer to prayer, to be beautiful and to be fireworks and to be Mm. confetti and like, here it is. And like, sometimes it's ugly and sometimes it's messy, but that still does not take away from the fact that that's the answer to your prayer. And you just got to be looking for it. And, and sometimes like out of the biggest pain and out of the biggest tragedies, God uses that. Like he doesn't waste anything. And I just think that like looking back, that was definitely the worst day. I compare every day that day. Like I've never forgotten it. I know exactly what was said. I know what I was wearing. I know how I felt, but that was the, the, 
lowest point, but from that day on, God continued to build me up and mm-hmm. God continued to put me back together and, and to, to put me back on the path that he had for me all along. I think that when I was able to realize that these were my mistakes, this was me going off winging it by myself without any regard to God or faith or prayers or any of it. I just was like, I got this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't have it at all. Yeah. <laughs> and when he got back in the picture with, you know, with my faith and with, with just understanding that God plan that honestly, you can't mess it up. Like you, if, if something is meant to be like, if something is yours, he will help you get back on that path if you let him. And for me, my husband, Chris, like he's my middle school sweetheart. Like I met him in first grade. I've had a crush on him my entire life. That's crazy. I'm like the the sweetest, cutest story. And I ran into him as soon as I moved back home. And it wasn't, I I was clearly nowhere near a place to start a relationship, but we started talking again. And even just that night, I told him what happened. And and he said, it's not about where you've been. It's about where you're going. And like, I like, we didn't even date for two more years after that, but that like I held on to that and I still hang on to that. And it's not easy to go through anything that you're ashamed of. It's not easy to go through anything that you're not proud of or that you don't love talking about, or that isn't fun or that isn't happy, but you can get through it and you will get through it. And when you do, I think you just have this different perspective and it's so beautiful because life on the other side of a hard season just, just shines even brighter. And like, I think that's why, like I'm able to be so happy because I know what it's like to be so sad. Yeah. No, I hear you. I was talking with a girlfriend last night. We were catching up uh, one of my friends from Wisconsin and she was just telling me like, we were just talking about infertility and miscarriage and stuff like that. And she just brought up again. She's like, Becky, I just can't believe what you guys have gone through. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. I said like, it wasn't even, and we have this, we have Vera, we have our beautiful daughter and I wouldn't, it's not even about Vera. Like I would go through it all again because of how he's changed my life. And, um, I don't think that story is ever going to change. Like all the hard, all the good, all the beauty, that has come from it, it just blows me away. And like you were saying, like, oh, cancer was the thing, you know, it's like infertility was my thing that like changed my life to see Jesus and my need for him instead of me trying to figure it all out on my own. It keeps coming to me. His power is made perfect in our weakness. And and I just think about that. And I believe that so much that like, we aren't meant to do any of this alone. He gives us friends. He gives us support. He gives us systems, but he gives us his word and he gives us him. And like, that's where we're supposed to turn to. Like when, when the, you know, what hits the fan, like when it's over, like, look up like that. That's what he's there for. And that's when God really can shine and bring you through. And, and, you know, I just don't like, I, I, can't even imagine what my life would have been like if I hadn't gone through that because I grew up in the church. I was always such a huge, you know, like FCA fan and like all, all the church things. But it came to a point like through college and after college that I was almost distancing myself. Like I knew that this relationship really did not honor God, that it that it wasn't headed in that direction. And I felt like I wasn't good enough forgotten. Like I had made too many mistakes. I had mistakes. I had messed up too much that he wouldn't love me anymore. And like that, we think that sometimes but that's not true. Like Mm -hmm. we're his kids. And, and, you know, as a mom, 
we know how much we love our kid. Like you're going to, they're going to mess up and you're going to get annoyed, but you always still love them and you always welcome them back in. And you know, you, you just want to fix it. You don't want them to be hurting. You don't want them to have pain. And, and, and God is just the greatest, sweetest father. And, and I'm just so thankful for, for what he's done for me and how he's helped me heal and, and just what he's using now. Like this story, Becky, like when I moved home, it was like top secret. Like I'm- I like was able to change my name back really quick. Like there, thankfully all this happened before Facebook photos were everywhere. Like (laughs) it was so secretive and it it was in a situation that like, it just didn't come up. It's not like I was trying or I never lied about it, but it just didn't come up. And I, I moved on from job to job and it was just in my past. And then I felt God start knocking on my heart about five years ago. And he's like, you're going to have to tell this, like, this is our story. Like you're going to have to share this. And my friend, our friend, Laura Casey, um, you know, invited me to talk about it for the very first time. And, and I could barely get through it without like sobbing my eyes out. And, and it's just amazing because I have felt him like for forever, like all along the way, anytime I'm going to have to share that story, anytime I can, even if I'm in like a random situation, I've been in a coffee shop before and, and a girl was crying and I overheard her situation. And, and I just was like, listen, I do not want to pry. Like I'm not trying to be nosy, but I have been through exactly what it sounds like you're going through right now. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to offer to pray for you mm-hmm. or, you know, if you need a friend, like if you need somebody to talk to and, and he just, he'll use it. He uses it all the time. And I just want to be open and willing that anytime I get the opportunity to share that because it gives the glory back to God that I'm more than willing to do that. I love your heart. (laughs) How, is there anything practical like in those days, like when you came back, went back to North Carolina and like started to surrender all of that to God, like what did you do that was practical that helped you move forward? I think that just leaning on your friends and leaning on your family, leaning on the relationships that you trust and that have known you the longest, I think it's important just to try to surround yourself with positivity and positive people. Um, I drink a lot. I don't think, I do not recommend that. I think that that was, <laughs> it was like, I got out of that situation and then I came back and just like, oh like let's like let's party it that is definitely not the route that you want to take um but I wasn't expecting <laughs> you to say that <laughs> <laughs> that that's the truth I love um, it I I just think that when you go through something so hard you're almost like grasping at straws and like yeah. trying to figure it out and like trying to make sense of the situation and just you lose yourself in that but I think like just centering back and to who you really are and like finding God and like finding that strength and that purpose just really like truly, truly helped me just, and also just being willing to help other people. I think I heal a little bit more every single time I can talk to somebody else going through something similar. Mm -hmm. And because my life now, I mean, like is, is everything I could have ever dreamed of. Like, it's amazing. Like I'm married to the love of my life. The person that I'm a thousand percent confident that was on God's plan before I took us on a detour. And we have the most beautiful, family. Like I have my business that I love so much. And, and all of that is possible because I went through what I went through. And it was like, you were saying, like, I am just so thankful for what I have now because of the hard seasons. And I think it's just keeping your mind trained on what's good and what's right. And just having faith and believing that your best days are yet to come and that, you know, God's not done, that he is still working, like even in the hard stuff, like really that's when he's there and that's when I feel him the most. Mm-hmm. Me too. How did you come up with this confetti um, 
this confetti thing? How did you, how did that happen? Because I think it it's so perfect. Really- I feel like it like represents you. It represents your story. All of it. I just feel like it's just perfect. But how did that happen? Thank you. I think I, I wish I could take more of like a business marketing angle credit for it, but I really can't. It's just, it's just who I am. And being able doing that in my office, like, you know, I would, I would sprinkle it into orders. Like whenever people place an yeah. order, I would put my calligraphy trash in there and just yeah. send it on its way. And and people just really started to take to it and they started to, it just lit them up and it would make them smile and make them laugh. And I just think that confetti is just such a beautiful, like, it's like a childlike yeah. thing, you know, that like we, we have kind of forgotten about and it's just really fun to bring that back and it, I had been doing the the scrap paper confetti for years before I made the connection you know of how that applies to my life and I was actually working on um working on a talk that I was giving, I was speaking and and I was talking about and telling my story about the scrap paper and the confetti. And, and I said that line that confetti is just trash that shows a happier life. And I was like, wait a minute. So am I like, that is me. Like that is my story. Like that is, is everything that I've been through, everything that I've gone through, like has led me to this point. And like, now I finally get to be the confetti. Like now it's beautiful. Now it's happy. Now it's making other people happy. But confetti is made from scrap paper like it's made from the broken pieces it's made from the stuff that was cast aside and that people didn't want and now it's been given this brand new job and it's making other people so happy and and it was like once my mind started going on that it just all these pieces fell into place and and I just think that's where God was leading me and he was guiding me the whole entire time and I tell people all the time like if you're in a season of hard and like you're in a season of wait if you're something that you're hoping for you're wishing for you're praying for that your confetti is coming like it is on the way like God already has that like he already goes before us his plan is perfect and it's not on our timeline. <laughs> like yeah. It's not like we don't get to choose. We don't get to decide that. And sometimes that's really hard for us that, you know, who want to do everything in the right order. And, you know, these are not the plans that I would have put in order for myself that, you know, I, I never would have ever imagined that I would go through anything like that. But on the other end of that, what is happening in my life right now and and the life that I have and the family that I have, that is just so much greater than anything I would have ever asked or imagined for that God just has abundantly surprised me and blessed yeah. me with all these amazing, awesome things that I'm so grateful for. And I think sometimes like our unanswered prayers are really the best thing. Yeah, I do too what you're obviously like full of life and joy and like happiness, all these things. Like what, how do you, when you have a bad day, what's it about? I can't imagine, I can't see you physically having a bad day right now. I can tell you exactly what it is. It's um, Satan will use like your past will use your insecurities to kind of pick at you. Like, Mm -hmm. especially when you're on the right path, like when you're trying to put good out into the world and it's always some type of negative comment, some type of rude thing that gets said, whether it's online, whether it's on an Amazon review, whether it's, what do people say? It just depends on the day. Like I, you know, I try not to read too much into it, but um, you know, like I, I I could have a hundred amazing positive comments, but the one negative one Mm -hmm. or the one somewhat ugly one is really what's going to kind of eat away at me. And I worry a lot about, I I do want to make people happy, but I know that I'm not for everybody. And Mm -hmm. I think that I have really grown in, you know, grown more comfortable in my own skin that realizing that you're going to be too much for some people. And like, those are not your people. And it's actually good. Like God's removing people from your life when they walk away and when 
when those relationships fall apart or when those, you know, followers that you don't even know, like say something ugly. But I, um, Emily Lay taught me a long time ago, bless them and block them. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Don't get to come on my front porch throwing stuff at my house. But I, um, you know, that, that's really what gets me that, that can get me down for a long time. And Mm -hmm. I feel bad, um, for Chris, he has to endure that. Like he's the one that I come running to and I'm like, can you, you know, and I, um, even this story, like this confetti story, like that, the most recent one and, and really true the hardest one. I got brave enough to finally write about this and I, and I had spoken about it for years and something to me is just a lot easier talking to you about it than typing it out and writing it. And I got brave enough to share the story. I wrote it all out and my publisher Dayspring was so kind to, to get that on an encouraged blog and and it, it really got a lot of coverage and it got out into the world and they shared it on my launch party day. So of my book launch party, like, I mean, I was getting my hair done, my makeup. It was like another wedding, like literally like the confetti celebration of the year. Like I was so excited. And they told me that it was doing really well that I should go and read some of the comments. And this is where Satan really took hold of my heart because they were positive, positive, positive. And then someone attacked me, another Christian attacked me for being divorced and quoted all the scripture that said that divorce. And now in that, I didn't talk about the abuse. I didn't talk about it to the level that what I went through, that my life was threatened. Like I did not in that article, you know, a couple paragraphs go into all of the detail and all the trauma that I had endured. But this other Christian attacked me in the comments and that, that ruined my day. And I was so angry and I was so frustrated because this was a moment that I felt like was stolen from me that, mm-hmm. that I just wanted to just, I worked so hard and I just wanted to have so much fun and I wanted to celebrate, but I had her words looming in my head the whole entire time. And so I think that a lot of times people online are really brave, like behind a keyboard, behind the computer, and they forget that we are like real people with real hearts and real emotions and real feelings. Mm-hmm. And I pray all the time that God protects my heart. And I got offered a book deal um, to talk about this right on the heels of that. And I turned it down. And I think about that every day that if I made the right decision, that if, that if I let those emotions rule what I said. Um, but what I kept feeling is that like, I can't go and be me. I can't go and be bright and happy and cheerful and trying to love on the world and trying to spread kindness and confetti if I have mean people picking on me, like behind my back Mm -hmm. and it's not that you won't ever have them, but like, I, I'm not strong enough for that yet. That is something that my heart, um, has been hurt so many times for so many years. I mean, these are wounds that started like in school, you know, like as a little girl and, that is something that God continues to work on and to strengthen me and to, to, to send all the good people and to send all the positive energy my way. And I live in fear of that. Like really just somebody saying something exactly what how like my biggest fear happened. And yeah. so it's, um, it's, it's one of those things, like you just endure it and you, you take the hits and then keep moving. And I think I'll get stronger and stronger, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't affect me. Like I, I stay down for, from that hit for a while and, and it just takes time to build it back up. And, and I don't, I think that Satan uses our insecurities. Like he knows that that would bother me. So he's like, Ooh, let's, she's doing something really good. Today's such a good day. She has put this out into the world and it gives glory to God. So let's go get her. Let's go attack her where she feels the weakest. Yeah. And so that, um, yeah, that's, that's what it is. That is my kryptonite for sure. <laughs> I'm with you. I hear that. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about your hand lettering book. Um, did you, how did that come about? How did you decide to do that? Uh, does your story have any play into that? 
So Dayspring is my publisher, mm-hmm. and they're wonderful. They're a faith-based publisher, and they heard me speak and teach at a conference a few years ago and came up to me and said, hey, would you ever want to write a book? And I was like, oh my goodness, I've written a book. I would love that so much. And I, I have written a children's book about turning your mistakes into confetti. And I pitched that to them, and they were like, that's amazing. Let's do that later. But we really want a lettering book. And I was like, oh, of course. Like, that, you know, <laughs> oh, like I could I could do that right now, today. Like, how yeah. fast do you need it? Like, and, and it was just such a perfect marriage between us because I was able to tell so much of my story in that book and just, just like being able to lead people back to faith and the heart behind everything that I do. I think that anyone could teach you the alphabet, but I think I just have such a unique way of, of sharing that and, and of the reasoning and the messages and the mission behind everything it is that I do. Mm-hmm. It's not just about pretty handwriting. It's about spreading happiness and being able to, to bless other people with your gifts. And so throughout the book, um, it's 144 pages. It's beautiful. It's colorful. Like it's like it's everything that I could have dreamed. Yeah. Um. They they did such a great job bringing bringing just me and and my words to life. And the first half of the book is like it's like other lettering books. There's okay. instructions. There's alphabets. There's guides. But what really sets it apart and makes it special is like the whole back half. And there are 14 different projects. And I told you I love quotes. I love motivational sayings. I love scripture. Like stuff that's gonna just keep you going and keep you motivated. And so all of the back of the book is like a devotional. It's like a story okay. that I tell you about how I've used this or how I've done this project. And then there's a project for us to do together. And all of the words, the tagline on the book is, you know, meaningful words of life. And so all of those quotes are meaningful and all of them are just beautiful, powerful words that you can speak over yourself, that you can speak over other people. And it's all about ways that you can spread happiness. And things that I think make me happier than like your average person, because I I focus on these things in the world. And so I took that book as an opportunity that like, if this were the one and only chance I have to tell the world, like what, you know, what I want them to hear, I'm going to put it in here. And so I go through and and just everything that I'm able to share and that I've been sharing in my in-person classes for six years, I was able to pour into that book. And I'm just so honored, you know, and so thankful and grateful that God's all fit to use me to put that message out. And the, the, the deep, deep story is not in the book. Um, there, there is like, it's kind of alluded to that, you know, that I've been through hard things Mm -hmm. and that you can get through that, but we didn't really feel that was the place. Like if you're like just trying to learn some healing, um, I'm just trying to write an end. But it, you know, that's not in there, but the turn your mistakes to confetti message is just yeah. throughout like, and just, I just want to love on people. I think that so many times in life we strive for perfection, like mm-hmm. whether we're an Enneagram one or not, <laughs> Girl, I, think I, feel in, yeah. <laughs> I think it's in the back of our mind just to make it perfect and to make it so good. And I think a lot of times, when other people teach lettering, they're, they're teaching it this one specific way and like, do it like me and do it like this and don't do that and don't do that. And I just have this like embracing culture of like, I just want you to do you. Like, I want you to use the alphabet that you already know, but I can show you how to make it better. And mm-hmm. I can tell you how to fix what you need to fix. And, but, but that I tell them that like perfection is not that goal. It's just joy. Like, I just want you to have fun. I want you to be happy. I want you to feel that creative energy that you felt when you were in middle school, carrying around a bag of markers and yeah. Like we all did that. And I think back then we probably weren't as worried about what it looked like and if it was perfect or not. And so I think that book is like a little retreat, like for you to be able to get back to that girl and 
I love it. I'm so proud of it and excited about it. And the next book that we're doing is that is that children's book. And so that um, is is my legacy. Like that is something that I cannot wait to put out there. It's what I wish I had been able to read and hear when I was that age. Mm-hmm. And I um, oh man, I'm excited. God is so good. He is good. Um, we just got some, Vera and I just got some new markers at Target the other day and we've been drawing a lot and it's been so fun. Like my creative outlets have been photography, writing, um, and I'm not much of an artist by any means, but it's been so fun just to like sit and do that with her. It's funny how like therapeutic it is. Um, yeah. It's, it, amazing. it's like the best thing when you see your kids like doing stuff yeah. like that love to do like it makes you like Vance came up to me the other day and he said mama can we color and like I like wanted to cry like I like it was like oh we made it like this is our moment and yeah it's so fun is your hand lettering book just for calligraphers or is it just for anybody like who would like to have a creative outlet? I would say it's more for anybody like I think if you're a calligrapher you already know how to do I think you would still be very encouraged by the messages and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the stuff that the words that are in there. But I think it's for people who've never even picked up a marker, but thought like, oh, this could look fun. Like, oh, I would like to try this. And and it's going to be like the most encouraging, positive way that you could ever learn this. And I, um, I think it really could be for, for anybody, no experience required. It's definitely like female focused with all the pink, right. because all she wrote notes. So, right. you know, like, of course, if you're a guy, you're more than welcome to take it. I'll love you. But you know, it's, it's definitely like those kind of vibes like really all the energy that I that I put out is really reflected in there too yeah so cool and when is the children's book supposed to be out it'll be fall of next year okay so So cool I love that we'll have to get it for bear um Megan if somebody is just in a season like you were 10 years ago or just dealing with like saying you know I'm doing this right now I know I shouldn't be or trying to surrender that to God or feeling shame from mistakes or choices and all of that. Like what advice do you have for them? I would tell you to just keep going like that. It's going to get better. Like I, I'm living life on the other side of, of my hardest season and of my hardest days and and it's worth it. And you just hang in there. Like you're going to get to a season in your life where none of that stuff hurts you anymore. That is just so far in your past that it's a part of your story. And, and it's, it changes you, but sometimes it can change you in a really good way and it makes you stronger. It makes your faith stronger but mostly it just makes you more grateful for everything that is going to come your way in your life. Like every beautiful thing is going to be even more exciting and even more awesome. And you're going to appreciate it more than you ever would have. Like if you hadn't had to go through the hard days and I'm sorry that you're there. Like I wish I could trade places with you. Like I've done it already and I made it, <laughs> but you can do it. And and it's going to be okay that, that God does not waste your pain and he's with you. Like he's not going to leave you like even when you're not, talking to him, even when you're not communicating with him, like he is right there and, and he'll be ready to welcome you back as soon as you're, as soon as you're ready. Yeah. What do you feel like you have been set free from? What is God? Think, yeah. What has God set you free from? I think most of all, just the shame that surrounds all of it, that, that just knowing that I've made a ton of mistakes. Like I, I, I hate the labels that, that, you know, I have and, and that I'm, I am divorced. I am, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a victim of domestic violence. Like I hate those things, but I feel like that God has released me from the shame in those things that I'm not um, embarrassed. Like I used to be, I'm not 
um, you know, ashamed of, of that being my story because God can use that story to inspire other people. And he can use that story to help other people get on the other side of any kind of hard season. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your hard story. And I think that that's just going to help women just feel a little bit freer and lighter knowing that they're, you know, got something, some baggage or something they've been hiding or not wanting to talk about or whatever it is. I just, that's the goal here is to like free us all up just a little bit more. And I think that you've definitely done that today. Uh, where can people follow along um, with your book, with Happy Hand Lettering and your children's book coming out um, and just like watching you on Instagram? What's your handle? Yeah, over at All She Wrote Notes. So um, that is the same on Facebook, on Instagram. My website is allshewrotenotes.com. And my book is called Happy Hand Lettering. And it is available. Autograph copies are available on my website. <laughs> but it's also on Amazon and Barnes Noble, um, wherever. It's, it's getting out there. So we're really, really grateful for that. It's fun seeing it pop up in stores wherever books are sold. So cool. Congrats on all of that. And just thanks for coming on and just sharing your heart and being honest and open with all of us. Thank you so much for having me. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.